And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, before we start the show today, I just wanted to let you know about a new partner we have here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. We are now brand ambassadors for Web Western Apparel. That's webwestern.com, W-E-B-B-W-E-S-T-E-R-N.com. Go check out their stuff. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Hats, shirts, all kinds of goodies. If you go there at checkout, Put in promo code BOOTS21, that's B-O-O-T-S-2-1. Again, BOOTS21 at checkout. You will get 10% off your entire order. Don't miss out on these opportunities. It's absolutely fantastic what they're doing. Again, thank you, Web Western. BOOTS21 is their promo code, webwestern.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers, everyone. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. Today, as you know from the title of the episode, we have Lane Lonero on the show. Lane is a singer-songwriter out of Nashville. She is relatively new to the game, and she is killing. She has a new song dropping this Friday called Trouble. I was fortunate enough to get to hear it before, before y'all. Um, unless you're, you know, Lane's parents or Lane herself or, you know, somebody close in that camp. You've heard it. You everyday regular people, you have not heard this yet, and it is fantastic. Set your alarms for Friday because, my God, you're not going to want to miss this song. This is one of those songs that is absolutely positively has the potential to make a splash. Um, Lane is Lane is you know like a triple threat. She can sing, she can write, she can perform. You know she's got it all. You know, she's got it all. She's one of these up-and-coming female artists out of Nashville that I think, you know, I think we're going to be hearing from quite a bit, you know, in the coming years. Um, I don't think this this young lady is going to go away. So that's awesome. I love being able to have her on the show now before that, you know, really kind of happens for her because once once she go once she's really out there, forget it, forget it, folks. Lane Lanero is not going to be able to, is going to be untouchable. Untouchable. Anyway. So we got some things going on just to, uh, before we get into the episode, um, you know, we have the new stuff with Web Western. We've got some other things going on. Um, we got some website stuff we're working on. Uh, this new website we're working on is going to be huge. It's going to have everything. It's going to pretty much rival anything that's out there. It's going to be good stuff. Um, yeah. And that's that's really it, guys. We don't have much going on. We did see Luke Combs over the weekend here at Gillette on the night it did not rain. Um, we're going to talk about that on the opposite end of this episode. So stick around for those thoughts. Um, but really, without further ado, 
Um, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Lane Lernero. Um, enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hey, Lane. Hey, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So, hey, I gotta tell you this before we get before we get into this whole thing. Yeah. You have broken a Boots and Whiskey podcast record. Oh, and really? The episode hasn't even aired yet. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Do you, do you want to know what that that record is? I guess, yeah. The length of time from the time I first reached out to you about an interview to the actual interview happening. <laughs> oh no. I think it's awesome. It's so great. No, don't be sorry. I think it's awesome. It's awesome because you're busy. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And I just got back into town in Nashville. So I was like, okay, let me just, I'm going to crank them all out. I have like three to do today. So I'm trying to do as many interviews as I get done today as possible. But oh my gosh, sorry. No, don't be. You know, I looked, I went back to look at, you know, our conversation thread and it was like September of 21, end of September of 21. When I reached out to you the first time and we tried to put things together and I was like, damn, it has been a long long time time. coming. Crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, you're here now. So that's all that matters. Yes, exactly. We're, we're on it. We're here. We're ready. That's right. So tell me what, like, you know, like I said to you via text, like, this is about you. I want you to kind of, you know, give us the cliff notes version if you want of, you know, your story, how you got to bar and yeah you know, we'll uh we'll ask some deep diving questions as we go that's awesome um yeah well um i'm living in nashville currently back and forth between nashville and louisiana my hometown um is Pontchartula. it's like super super tiny town um yeah i kind of started getting into music and singing really young and i started with a whole bunch of different genres like opera I, did musical theater, country, um, pop, and all that stuff. And I worked with a couple people in California, did all that stuff, did the kids' bop stuff. Um, And then I started coming to Nashville when I really figured out I wanted to start writing stuff because that was where everyone was like, oh, if you're going to write, you need to come to Nashville. So I started coming to Nashville when I was, I think, about like 12, 13, started coming back and forth, honestly, honestly, like every other weekend, like three times out of the month. And I just write and write and get like two, three songs out per weekend and would perform as much as I could, um, was learning guitar at the same time. And it was honestly just a crazy experience. And I was so busy, but I was just trying to get it, get into um, the Nashville life as much as I could um, at such a young age. But ever since then, yeah, I've been pretty involved up here and been doing what I can. I've been getting my music out. I just released Broke, so that was super, super exciting. Long time coming for that as well. Um, And yeah, I'm just doing my thing up here, trying to do as many of these, performing, releasing music, doing what I love out here, going to Belmont. I'm a Belmont songwriting major now, so that's super great to be there and have all those experiences and connections with that. So yeah, Yeah. I'm finally doing it right now. I have to ask you, because you know, I you mentioned it, and I did, you know, I did see it somewhere, I think on your Instagram, 
Um, how the hell do you get involved with Kids Bop of all? Oh, uh, it was it was honestly crazy. I was with a, a like an artist development group in California, and they worked with the producer of who produced the songs for Kids Bop, and he had mentioned to her something about how he needed a couple of different people, not different people, but he just, the kids, Bob kids were either sick or something or out or something, maybe on tour and he needed to get these songs out. And she was like, well, I've got kids. I've got kids who can sing. And he was like, okay, let's try them out. And we came and we did these couple songs and it was so cool. It was, I mean, they just, they give us these songs in a day. We got to learn them. We got to change the words, figure them out, memorize them. And we just go in and sing them. It was super fun. I mean, everything gets done in like one day. And then I got asked back, which was also awesome. And yeah, it's like, it's always my fun fact to tell people. I'm just like, yeah, I was a kid's pop kid. And everyone's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, like, yeah, sort of. But that was a cool experience because I grew up listening to kids' pop. So being able to be on the CDs was awesome. Now, are there any other, you know, people in the industry that, you know, we may know that were also kids bop kids or do you not really know is that not is it like one of those like you know we did it but we don't talk about it kind of things yeah no i don't we don't i don't really know i mean um who i was with i did it with um a friend of mine ty waters who i was i knew where like he just went on american idol and he did pretty well on american idol so he's he's doing big things he's incredible um i'm not sure he goes by that name anymore but that's what i knew him by um, but he's awesome. He's on American Idol. I know, I mean, the people I'm with are still with that program in um, California, and they're doing good things and releasing their music as well. But for, like, the other kids, all kids, like, the real ones, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've actually – I don't really know them. I, I wanted to meet them because I was like, I want to see what it's like to be, like, the real time, like, do this as, like, a real full-time job. Yeah, that, that must be um... – you know, because how old were you when you did that? I mean, obviously you were a kid, but I think like I don't even know, maybe twelve, thirteen. I don't know. I feel like I change the age every time I say it because I can't. Remember. <laughs> uh, I feel like it was like two thousand sixteen, or however old I was when that was. I'm not good at math. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Two thousand sixteen, I was. I don't even want to tell you how old I was. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> so from there, you know, after doing that, you know, was that, what, did that kind of catapult you into, hey, this is, this is really what I want to do for a living or were you still kind of sure? I think from there I was, I was pretty set. Um, like I did that whole program to really kind of discover what I wanted to do and decide if I wanted to do the whole art thing. And along with that, we started with songwriting and I realized I wanted to do that as well. So that kind of jump started going to Nashville, like I said. And from then I just kind of fell in love with like the performing aspect of it and like doing the rounds and just writing and be able to perform and write my own stuff uh, and not just like covers of songs. So that kind of like definitely changed my perspective in that way. From then on, I, I was pretty sad. I had been told about Belmont and how if I want to do this thing, you got to go to Belmont. Everyone knows Belmont students and stuff. So, I mean, I took a chance on Belmont. I, I, I only applied there, <laughs> and I only applied for the songwriting program. 
and luckily I got in, thankfully. But yeah, it's been great being there. I mean, the experiences and the connections you make there are incredible. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how how was it managing, you know, going back and forth from the you know, home to Nashville? It was it was kind of difficult. I mean, luckily my being from a small town, everyone was really understanding and um like my school was super supportive of it. If I had to leave like a Friday early from school, they would let me take my test early or they would let me um make up my work. They were really nice about it and my I would always do singing things for my school and sing the national anthem and I was um, in choir and so I'd leave choir at church and stuff. So they were very understanding and they were very supportive of it as well. And like when I did my, um, I filmed, I actually filmed one of my music videos at my high school. So that was really cool. And when I did that, they played the music video uh, over like our morning announcements. So that was really funny. And like, it's been, it was, it was pretty difficult because I, I really was going up there a lot and I was definitely tired. We would drive too. So it's about eight hours of driving. I was probably a lot of my parents for sure because sometimes my mom would go, sometimes my dad would go, and it was definitely not a lot. And sometimes we would fly, but we just wanted to have a car so we get around. So yeah, it was like a lot kind of figuring out what to do. And I was still like going up there. Sometimes we would there just one song, but it was just like any connection. With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. Oh, like a good reason to go up there. Well, yeah. I mean, if the if the opportunity, gonna go with them. Yes. Yeah. I wonder how it was for like mom and dad to go to the school and be like, "Hey, listen, this is what our daughter is doing, and <laughs> we're gonna take her out when we, you know, when there's an opportunity." Yeah, it, it definitely was a lot of notes. Like, I definitely had to have a lot of notes written to the office and stuff. You're like, "Hey, Lane is missing school to go sing." Uh, at a restaurant and they were like um and they're like but like it's in nashville and then they'd be like oh, okay cool that's awesome yeah so it was a lot of handwritten notes like excused absences and unexcused and stuff like that right right so please excuse so to to yeah. go sing i you know it's funny because being from up here you know because we're in massachusetts and i i think like, you know i have a 13 year old and he's going through mm -hmm. the middle school thing and all that and yeah. i see some of the stuff that you know even the high schoolers get away with that you know when i was there because you know him and i obvious you know now go to the what would have been the same high school middle school yeah and they would have never have allowed anything oh yeah that these kids do now be done when i was there like it's so insane it's it's like even my high school just the like two years i haven't been there Things have changed so much. They're like painting their skirts. They're doing crazy stuff, a whole bunch of new traditions and stuff. I'm like, why didn't we get that? Right, right. I'm like, this, this is unfair. I want right. all that. And they're right. doing some, like they're missing school for crazy reasons, not getting penalized. I'm like, that's insane. If I, like I could have, they were leaning about that, but if I had a flat tire on the way to school, it's already. Right. Late. I'm like, insane. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You know, there's, there's things that, you know, 
I was talking to my son the other day about things, and he's like, oh, yeah, we get to, we can do this, this, and this. And I'm like, we would have been shot on sight. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally shot on sight if we tried to pull any of that shit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You know, we do, I don't, I don't know if you guys, did you have like a, I mean, you said you've been out for two years now, right? So did you not, did you or did you not have a normal senior year of high school? Yeah, I was about to say no, I didn't really. We had, every morning we had to go through one line of, um, like one line that wrapped around the school in our cars. We had to get our temperature checked from our cars. Um, I will admit a few times I did really blast up the heat in my car to try to get me. <laughs> but as did many people, it didn't work often. Um, but I definitely tried to do that a few times. And yeah, we didn't have like a prom or a homecoming. Um, yeah. Did a few dances on the side without school's permission. And then we're not happy about that. But at least we got we got a graduation, which was cool. We weren't allowed to have many people there. We just we only had like two tables each, I think. Yeah. But it it could have been a lot worse, but we didn't, yeah. We were out of school for a couple weeks doing online and stuff. I think the end of my junior year we were completely online. We had to do um a little bit of summer school to keep up. But Damn. Yeah, you know, I, I think back to it and um I think I had to teach my oldest like fourth grade pretty much the whole year. Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. You know, and, and it was tough. You know, I can only imagine what it was like for somebody in you know, high school where they, you know, you hear about your whole life how how great your junior senior years are supposed to be, and and then it gets yeah, it got ruined with that. I mean, the grade above me uh, when they were seniors, they got a drive through graduation. They just we they just rode down the street in their decorated cars and their cap and gowns. And I was like, I wouldn't want to pay for a cap and gown if I don't have a real graduation. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. No, but I mean, I guess it was better than nothing. Right. So what did how did how did your music career then get shaped by you know, the whole pandemic and all that. I t- kind of took the time. I did a lot of Zoom rights for sure. I mean, yeah. not being in school, actually, it didn't, I wouldn't say help, but it, it did, honestly. Like, I was able to, I still went out to Nashville, even though it was kind of shut down, but I did a few things over Zoom. I did, um, I didn't even realize it would be that easy, but I wrote a lot over Zoom, actually. Um, met a lot of new people and, like, I made a lot of, like, connections that I'd been wanting to. Um, but I couldn't like get the timing right of going up to Nashville and writing with them. So I was like, okay, perfect timing. Let's just hop on a call and write one out. Um, so I was able to do that. And I, I released a song like right after pandemic really kind of started to settle down. So that was really um, cool and interesting to see how that would do. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of helped me and it kind of like the isolation. I definitely was able to write a lot more and, it was upsetting not being able to like be in person with these people. Cause I really like making like personal connections and writing um, with people in person, but I still think I was able to make a couple like online connections and test my boundaries with being able to do it over zoom. Cause I think it is a good skill to have of being able to like still connect with people over the phone and like be able to write like that. Yeah. Now, did you do anything, you know, during the time, you know, and I, and I'm only asking because I, I know, you know, COVID is, and all that was a, you know, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but yeah, you know, for somebody like you, who was kind of really in your infancy of trying to make a career out of this, you know, were, mm-hmm. you, were you doing anything to, you know, like uh, at the time they were doing like, you know, Facebook lives and, you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that where, you know, we're and, and if, you know, if you say you were, but how, how were the audiences for you for that? 
I was I was definitely doing a lot of those. I was doing a lot of Instagram lives, covers of doing my originals. I was doing a lot of Instagram takeovers of different accounts. I would uh, just, um, even though my days were boring because I would just be at home, but I would go through um, like what I was doing with online school, what I'd do eat if I had like a few friends come over and stuff like that, like taking over other Instagram accounts and like just being like going through my day and going live on their accounts. And I mean, the engagement was, it was okay. I mean, on my account, it was probably the best just because my audience knew like it was me. Um, other accounts when I did like the takeovers, it, um, it was so good. It just wasn't, um, you know, the best just because they probably didn't know really what to expect. And usually I like to like connect them both and um, go off of, like both my phones. Um, like I'd have my mom's phone running on like uh, my Instagram account and one running on the other one and it'd be um, have both of them so I could get just like as many people as possible watching. But yeah, it was definitely like a little, it stunted like the growing aspect of the career, um, like physically. But I think like me personally, it helps me develop my writing, I think, a lot. So yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, really, it might've been the best thing for you at the time. Yeah. Like, I think it was good to honestly take a, take a bit, slow down, maybe figure out like where I was going, what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that you're, you know, back to normal and that sort of thing, like how, mm-hmm. how quickly has this all gone for you to the, to the point that you're, you know, surprised by it i mean you must be i mean obviously you're very talented and have the chops for it but like to where you are now even from you know a year and a half ago when i first reached out to you life has changed quite quite a bit yeah i mean every day i'm just so grateful to be in the position i am because i mean i know that i've had people supporting me behind me working to make this happen for me i mean my mom is my biggest supporter. She's full blown momager. She helps me with everything and helps me out. And I have amazing writers and producers and people who are always willing to help me out and be on my side. But yeah, I mean, I've being at Belmont uh, for this past year, my second year, um, I wasn't like the new person anymore. It, it definitely changed things. I knew my way around more. I was able to Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? Are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at tipsymusic on all socials. Long live live music. Can you hear me? Yep. Sorry. I think um, we're, getting, we we're, uh, we're getting some of the, uh, I don't want to call it ash or clouds, but. We're getting some of the uh, the fire clouds from fire clouds. That's not scientifically accurate, <laughs> but um, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. But all the wildfires that are happening in Canada right now. Oh, Jesus! Um, we're getting all of the uh, debris. The yeah, the haze from it. So I think it's knocking out some things here and there. 
goodness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so mom, mom's big into everything you're doing. Has she become like your momager? Oh, for sure. She's she loves doing it. She loves helping out as much as possible, and I'm grateful for her help because I mean, there's some things that being a full time student, I I like having a job as well, so I usually keep myself busy with that. I just like staying busy always. So I mean, my day is usually I mean going to school, and then sometimes I go to work, and then sometimes I will go and do a gig. But that's just like always how it's been because I did that in high school and I did dance and I um, kept up with singing. So I've always um, been this like busybody person. So it's nice to have uh, my mom and other people there to help me manage that and um, stay in control of like the busy schedule. Yeah. Now, do you have a other than mom? Do you have a big team behind you or are you kind of still doing a lot of it on your own? I have, um, I'm really lucky. I've actually have, we've set up with a new publicity team, um, which is really great. And Scott, he's helped a lot with that, um, especially with this new release. Um, we've, they've done everything like set up these interviews, stuff like this, uh, help with promotions and getting uh, the song on CMT and amazing cool stuff like this. So that this team with them has really been really great in doing the stuff that we couldn't reach on just our own being like on my own. Yeah. I think having them has really been a great like backing for what we haven't been able to do like on our own. Yeah. No, that's great. It's, you know, honestly, I got to say for what you have and for what you're doing, you know, having a team behind you is only going to be helpful because you're, you're, I think the world's going to be hearing about you a lot sooner, you know, than you think. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That means a lot. Now. So what is it? You're welcome. What does it look like for you for, you know, the rest of the year and, you know, with releases, are we, are we going to release more music? Are we going to release an EP full album? Um, You know, what does that sort of thing look like for you? I'm definitely planning on releasing more music. I think honestly, in the next few months, I'm really going to try to, push out a few more singles, um, see where that momentum goes, and then maybe an EP, something like that. Probably not an album. I'm not really um, big on, like, doing something huge like that until I get really a, a larger fan base kind of more, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I definitely am really pushing to get more singles out there, maybe an EP somewhere. Just keep that momentum going, get some traction for sure. Yeah. But I've got a lot of stuff under my belt that I'm excited to show the world and stuff and release. Now, for stuff that you're working on, how much of it is, is done? You know, you say you want to release some more. Is there anything that has been already recorded and it's in the in the can, you're just waiting to release it? Or is it still stuff that has to go in and get tweaked and, and actually recorded? Yeah, I've got some stuff on the chopping block that... Um, is not recorded yet that I'm deciding uh, because I've got a couple that I really want and it's just like picking and choosing which ones we want to do. And then I've got a couple recorded that uh, we could also choose to go have those go out as singles too. It's kind of just all the process that I've got to get with like kind of my team and my mom and figure out which ones are going to be like the best to follow this one. And then what comes next and figure out the track or path we want to go on. But yeah, I've got a few recorded and I've got a few not recorded that I want to get done and get produced and figure out what to do with those and then kind of see where we go from there. Nice. Now, 
out of everything you've written, right, do you have, is there like a dream to kind of put it all together and, and tell a story through it? Or is everything you're writing kind of based on whatever's happening? I mean, everything I'm writing usually is really based on what's happening in my life, honestly. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just some random idea that comes in my head at like 3 a.m. But I, I like to say with like most of my stuff, I've usually, and more recently especially, I, I like to give the message that like it's kind of okay to not be okay all the time. Yeah. And I really started to do that with um, Back to Me, uh, my second to last single. And I think that's kind of really the message I want to give. And not because it, and not in just all sad songs and stuff like that. Not just because I don't want to just be Debbie Downer all the time. But even in uh, my other song, Tears Ray Up, that's a happy, upbeat song. Um, but still, it's still saying, like, when these tears ray up, when I'm finally okay again, when I'm okay with me, like, I'm going to be, sorry, my language badass, like, I'm going to be this person again. So I just want, like, because I feel like my audience is probably a little younger. Um, if I were to choose an audience, probably be a little younger. So I want to just tell, like, young girls and anyone that, it's just, it's okay to like not be okay and to recover from that breakup, recover from how you're feeling and take that time for yourself to get back to who you are and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, I think that's a real important message to send out, you know, especially the kids nowadays, because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you this, when I was, when I was a teenager, there was none of that, you know, it was, it was like, a, nobody talked about it. It was just, uh, oh, you're going through something. All right do it you know do it quietly more or less yeah um you know yeah you had your friends the support you could talk to but like that was it you know it was yeah it wasn't a big thing yeah no not at all not at all so to you know to hear you do more with it and you know really try to you know expand that message and get that message out to to the younger to the younger generation is great because i think more and more kids need to hear it thank you yeah that's what i'm trying yeah yeah, I mean, and who better to listen to than somebody that's, you know, in their age range that's going through the same thing? Yeah, and that, that was that was the goal. I just wanted to be someone, like, relatable to people. Yeah. Like, I think, honestly, that's really the goal. Just to be right. someone relatable and, like, show them that I've been through these experiences. Maybe not too much because, yeah, I still, am, I still am 20 years old. I have a lot more life to live and a lot more experiences to go through. But just to show that, like, I'm I'm young and I've gone through these things. I know how you're feeling type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So now when, let me ask you, speaking of being relatable, what is, what is the normal day for you outside, you know, say in music and interviews and all that aside, what, what does a day look like for you? What do you, what do you like to do? What do you like to, where do you like to go? What do you, you know? Well, in Nashville, I mean, I just moved into our new house and we love it. I've got three roommates right now uh, we're all best friends so normally we've been we've been going on walks we have our animals uh, we've been making dinner every night so fun watching movies doing all that um, we like to go take the dogs to the dog park uh, go tan at the pool um, just honestly doing everything to stay active and keep up and um, keep the dogs energized and just having fun and I like to meet up with now we're gonna thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan 
Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey Podcast sent you. Cheers. Lovers in town and just try to, like, keep myself active and keep myself out there. Yeah. Now, is it is it hard to find things to do in Nashville under 21? Yeah, a little bit. It is, actually. <laughs> I mean, well, it's different because in Louisiana, you don't have to be 21 to go out to most places. You can be 18. You just obviously, you know, can't drink and, like, you don't. Right. But you can still go to these places. So when I got to Nashville, I was surprised to learn that you really have to be 21 to go everywhere. Like, even most places that I sing at, they, like, ask me my, for my ID, and I'm like, oh, I'm not 21, but, like, I'm singing. And they're like, okay. So they just have to, like, put, like, huge X's on my hands, and then they make me, like, either leave directly after or I have to go stand at this straight table, like, this one certain table. So it, it is it is different. I'm just, I was just surprised because things are so different from back home. But, yeah, it, it is difficult. Some places have denied me. I haven't been able to sing because um, – I haven't been old enough, so I'm, like, waiting for the day when I'm finally 21 and I can not miss out on some opportunities. Right, right. Now, you know, I've asked a few people before now, do they give you a hard time in Nashville singing in bars? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, most the most that I've really done is really just, like, writer's rounds in bars. So not really. I mean, I'm usually singing with other um, women, someone my age, or sometimes just um, other guy friends and stuff, and it's fine. I mean, the hardest time I've had really is just getting into the places. Yeah, right, right. People just being like, oh, you're so young. Are you in here? Being like, you shouldn't be here and stuff like that. But otherwise, I wouldn't say really with the bar, not really. I mean, if I were singing on Broadway, it probably would be a different story, but. I, I haven't really started doing that yet just because I'm trying to get myself developed as a songwriter first. Yeah. No, yeah, but absolutely. Writer sounds and stuff. Now, do you prefer that? Do you prefer the songwriting aspect over, you know, the performing aspect of it? Mm, I'm not sure. I kind of like them both equally, honestly. I really I really love performing. Um, like, I, I'm not positive I like performing by myself, honestly. Um, I would... Like, I really like a whole big band performance type of thing. Um, like, I like being on stage in any aspect. So that's really cool for me. But I, I do like the songwriting aspect and, and like, people, like, n- being amazed and, like, intrigued by what you can write and what you can do. So I, I do think I, I think I like both equally, honestly. Yeah. No, I like asking this question, you know, when, 
when I get somebody who really likes to be the songwriter too. Mm-hmm. If some if somebody were to come up to you tomorrow and been like, Lane, listen, we absolutely love the songs you write and we just want you to do that for us. Would you do it? Just be a writer. I don't know. I've definitely thought about it because that is a big thing at Belmont because the songwriting program is not just for artists. It's for artists and songwriters because there's some people who don't want to be artists. Right. They just want to write for others. So, I mean, and a publishing deal is just for writers, really, but you can be an artist on the side as well. So, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I'm pretty set on being an artist as well just because um, I believe that a person's songs are saying the best by themselves just because they have the most emotion with them. Yeah. But there have been plenty of songs that I've written that I've been like, oh, this would this would be this would sound I think really cool with this person on it or like this person singing it. And I've pitched a couple songs and I would gladly do that. I'm just not sure I would be um super good at just being in the on the sidelines in that way, really. Yeah. yeah. Just I feel like I would be missing out on not being like the singer of it. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know if I could you know, if I was if I was had any talent at all in that aspect, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could write a song and then hear somebody else sing it. You know, yeah. I, I think that might just be an ego thing. But um, <laughs> you know, especially if they did it a lot better than I did, I think I'd be oh. pissed. Yeah, you know, that could be a thing too. I would probably be like, I'd be a little salty. I wouldn't say it, maybe a little salty though. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'm very excited for what you have coming you know, in the future, because I think you have a huge future ahead of you and that it's just going to keep getting better and better for you. You know, you're, you're incredible and your songs are incredible. Thank you. And oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're welcome. And I think what you're doing and your message to, to the world is that of a positive one. And we don't you know, unfortunately we don't have a lot of that right now. So I think it's great that, that, that we do. Did I lose, did I lose you? Hello. Are you there? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Hello. Sorry. No, no, sorry. I, I thought, I thought the uh, Canadian Smokies were killing us again. Oh no. Um. So you know, before I, before I let you go, I usually ask about your boots and about your whiskey, but obviously you're under twenty one. So obviously, <laughs> right, lady? Hey. You've never drank an alcohol in your entire life, so you don't. No, even know of course what, not. Never. Right. So you don't even know what whiskey is. So. Nope. Um. But to bring you up to speed, it's a it's a brown liquid that is absolutely delicious. When you become twenty one, I would recommend trying it. Of course, um, maybe. Yeah, or whatever, whatever, you, whatever yeah. you want to do. <laughs> um, but what are your boots? I have. I, I honestly felt like a, a fake country girl when I first moved to Nashville because I <laughs> um, didn't have any pairs. I I think I only had like one white pair, and it was like a fake little um set of like short booties and then but now that I'm in now that I've moved here and I've like seen the styles I don't have any real pairs for sure like any like real country like down in the dirt type of boots but I have have at least probably about 10 pairs 10 different pairs of like I have a gold pair I have a silver pair like two pairs of white ones and black and some with like detailing and stuff I I mean I really like I think like boots make up a whole outfit and I sang the national anthem at an LSU game the other day and I had these gold boots and 
every time someone came up to me and they're like, you sang the anthem, right? I recognize the boots. Nice boots. And that's what only thing people would say to me. They're like, oh my God, great singing, but those are really cool boots. Oh my gosh, <laughs> boots. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, okay, thank you. And they're like, I recognize your boots. Great singing. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I have a couple pairs now. I'm definitely feeling more, more the Nashville vibe now. That's awesome. That's so great. Well, Lane, you know, I got to say thank you again for taking the time. I know you're super busy, and that's that's awesome for you. No, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, you know, as things come out, you know, please you know, have your team or you reach out and, um, you know, let yeah. me know. And we'll we'll push, push out your stuff for you for sure. Definitely, yeah. All right, Lane. Well, have a great rest of your day, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. Now, anytime. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, all right. One last shout out to our friends over at GoneCountryHats.com. They are out of Florida. If you've ever seen pictures of me in my cowboy hat, that's where it comes from. GoneCountryHats.com. They have some awesome stuff. Go to their website. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Uh, you know what? In fact, I'm going to go right there right now because I need a new cowboy hat. Check them out, GoneCountryHats.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Lane Lanero. Thank you, Lane, once again for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Um, absolutely sweet girl. I, you know, I can't wait to see what she does going forward. You know, she's got, she's got it. She's got the chops, guys. She's, you know, you can tell from the interview she's not, you know, She's, she's got a grasp on it. You know, she's not totally into the whole business side of it yet, which is great. I hope, you know, I hope she can kind of stay out of it and, you know, keep her head clean of all the, all the noise and all the bullshit. But, you know, from the sounds of it, from the people she has around her, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, so as promised, we went to Luke Combs this past weekend. For those of you that don't know, Luke is on his world tour. Um, he came through here, Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, Massachusetts. It was Brent Cobb, Flatland Calvary, Lady Wilson, Riley Green, and Luke Combs. We saw the Saturday night show. We did not see the Friday night show in the rain. Thank God. I think I would have been pissed. But anyway, um, you know, as always, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. We didn't go in for Brent Cobb. Um, we caught the last song of Flatland. You know, we really wanted to see Lainey, Riley, and Luke. And, man, they did not disappoint. Lainey Wilson. Holy shit, guys. Um, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know already, but Lainey is a powerhouse. You know, we saw her just open, you know, play 45 minutes or whatever. And, damn, she had that whole stadium in the palm of her hands. You know, I will say this, and I'll probably get a lot of heat for it. I don't think she's stadium-ready I don't think she's headline stadium ready um, yet. I think she has she has all the makings to get there, right? And she will get there. But if you had to throw her in an, in a situation like that and said, "Hey, here's an arena, here's a stadium with you know fifty, seventy thousand people, go for it," I think the I I think the people would show up. I just don't think it would come across. Um, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I also feel the same way about Riley Green. You know, I think Riley is absolutely fantastic. I think he can draw a crowd. But I think, you know, 70,000 plus, not yet. Um, you know, you know, big stadiums like that aren't for everybody. Um, I love Luke Combs to death. I also don't know if I would see Luke in a huge stadium like that again. Um, and a lot of reason is because, 
you know, I think Luke's music is just so intimate and so personal and so charismatic and just incredible that, you know, I think it, you lose something. You know, it's like, it's like stand-up comedy. When you see stand-up comedy in a stadium that holds 70,000 people or, you know, whatever Gillette holds, you lose something. You lose that intimacy. You really do. Um, and, you know, I'm, maybe I'm just selfish. I probably am. You know, I think Luke's doing great. I think he's absolutely killing it. I think he's got everything down pat with this whole career. You know, Cappy has fucking killed it with this one. You know, <clears throat> you can't you can't fault anybody here for this. They were just it's every it's everything you would want and more. You know, Luke is. You'll never hear me say a bad thing about Luke Combs. That's for sure. Um, he could literally not put on an album for years and. It, the next one could be techno, and I'd be like, this is the greatest thing ever. But anyway, um, so yeah, so we got that. That was great. We had a great time. A big thank you to everybody over there. We also got to see Riley do a acoustic performance, a couple songs. He did three or four songs um, over at Six String Grill and Stage over there in Foxborough near the stadium um, with our friends over at Country 1025. And a big thanks to Six String for having us. It was awesome. We had a great, great time. Um, you know, it was, it was cool and, um, yeah, great way to kick off the day. Um, what do we got coming up for shows? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. We have a potential for some coming up. Um, just kind of waiting on some things to drop for that. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, we've, we've had a hell of a summer so far. Um, you know, it's, I hope everybody else is having a great summer. Oh, I did want to mention one thing. In August, August, the whole month of August, you're going to get two episodes a week. You're going to get an episode on Tuesday, and then you're going to get an episode on Thursday. Two episodes a week for the month of August um, to round off our summer here. And back, in, I think in September, we'll go back to the, to the regular scheduled programming. Um, I might even try to do like a Sunday show. You know, put put your shows out, put your weekly shows out on Tuesday and then put a, uh, a special episode out either late Saturday night or early, early Sunday morning. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. We're going to play with it, see how it goes. And we're going to go from there, guys. Thank you so much again for being a part of this journey with us. You know, we greatly appreciate it. If you're new to the show here, please go like, follow, subscribe, do all that stuff on social medias for us. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us out immensely thank you so much for everything um and remember guys here at the boots and whiskey podcast it's all about real people real stories real country until next time guys enjoy yourselves take care of each other's cheers good night